Praise be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I, I do want to take us to prayer. Just one more thing, and I apologize. I should have uh, had this on the list, but I know we, we lost Sister Pummel this week, actually last Saturday, and uh, we were uh, returned her to the earth uh, on Tuesday. And we just want to we want to cover uh, Sister Leanne and Dave and the Grimaud family and the whole Pummel family, huge family, a beautiful funeral, beautiful testament of a matriarch that lived a life of faithfulness. And so we thank God for her life. But let's pray for them. Also, I've received and I know a lot of our ministry leaders from their teams received. We got a lot of folks out sickness going around, and uh, we just want to just bind that sickness in Jesus' name. Anybody believe it's it's all right to pray against sickness? Amen. Praise God. So would you just lift your hands? Let's cover that family and let's cover the sickness right now. Father, in your name, Lord Jesus, we just ask you to comfort the Grimauds as they walk through this time of loss. And Lord, we know there's so many that are out that are sick in their body today. God, we pray restoration and healing. There is nothing that you cannot do. We give you praise, Lord, for the healing that's coming from this prayer right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, with your mouth, begin to thank God for answering this prayer that we're praying right now. We give you praise, Lord, for healing in these bodies and praise for comfort in this family. Clap your hands to him and give him glory one more time. This past Monday and Tuesday, we had our Illinois District Board meetings, and I'm very proud to report to this church. Brother Jonathan Grimaud was licensed with United Pentecostal Church this last Tuesday. Very proud of him. Give God praise for his ministry and what God's going to do through him. Amen. Is anybody ready for Thanksgiving? Yes. About five of you. That's because the rest of you are already in Christmas. I rebuke you in the name of the Lord. I walked into a house whose names, uh, the owner of said house will remain nameless today. I walked in and there was their Christmas tree and all their decoration. And uh, I'm just saying, folks, I'm going to slow you down. I'm going to slow you down. You, you got you to let Thanksgiving happen. This is, this, this is my favorite holiday right here. Man, it is so powerful. Man, anybody looking forward to big meals on Thursday? Come on, it's okay. It's not a trick question. I am. I have two scheduled, actually. I don't know how that happened, but I have two scheduled. I'm going to have a great time. I read one of my favorite statistics, and this goes to prove that you can prove anything you want and say anything you want with statistics. One of my favorite statistics about food in general was that the average human being eats 16 times his or her own weight in an average year. Isn't that does that not shake anybody else? 16 times your weight, while a horse only eats eight times its weight. Now, that may sound discouraging on the surface, but this, to me, if you want to just use statistics in our advantage for this week, this all seems to prove that if you want to lose weight, you just eat like a horse on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I'm not sure that's great counsel, but statistically, it could work I guess all right last week we talked about the plan of Thanksgiving and I want you to remember Thanksgiving happens because something happened 
It's a result. It is a, uh, it's a fruit. And, and there is, it's a response, a reaction. It's a result. And so, so uh, uh, there's plans that bring thanksgiving in your life. When you execute God's plans in your life, there's just this thing that ends up happening called thanksgiving. God had a plan for Joseph that would make his whole family thankful, not just him. In their life and even in generations to come, remember, God had a bigger plan than just making sure they had something to eat. He was going to sustain a, 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 a country. He was going to sustain a people from which our Savior would come, which would save the world. And so God's got plans, and if we'll follow them, Thanksgiving will follow those plans. Somebody say amen. amen. But today I want to take you to another place in Thanksgiving. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me? We're going to read one verse of Scripture. I'm going to let you sit down. 1 Thessalonians 5, chapter, uh, chapter 5, verse 18. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18. If you don't have it, you can look up at the screen. Why don't you read it with me? Here we go. In everything give thanks. Let's go back because maybe, maybe I, I need to turn myself down because I can't hear you. Let, let's say it again. In everything give thanks. Why? So read it with me. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Give thanks in everything. I talked to you a little bit about this last week. A lot of times we, we search and we fumble around trying to find the will of God. But there are explicit places in Scripture that tell us what that is. And one of those places is in the context of Thanksgiving. He said in keywords, in everything. Say those three words. In everything. I want to talk to you today for just a little bit, preach to you about the posture of thanksgiving. The posture of thanksgiving. Would you lay your Bibles down, lift your hands to heaven, and let's ask him to help us today. Father, we love you. We are so thankful today, Lord. There has been a spirit of thanksgiving in this house, God. We are a grateful people today. We pray, Lord, that you would unlock this powerful, this powerful praise in us called thanksgiving that we may be able lord to return to you what you have given to us god not just in a moment not just in a holiday a few days or a season of recollection but father i pray lord that you would teach us today how to live in this glorious worship that you ask of us and so we give you praise in the name of jesus would you clap your hands to the lord let's praise him together hallelujah Come on, just think of one, two, three, five, fifty things and give him praise for it right now. You can do it. He's been good. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, bless you. You can be seated. I was walking across our campground. It was a few years back, and uh, I was startled. I was on a mission, heading somewhere to do something, and... Um, and typically, when I do, it's just my, my nature, it's my habit to, uh, I, I think, when I walk. And so I was striking the pose of a man on a mission, at least for that time, and uh, thinking. And I had my head down, and I was going close to the tabernacle, 
And I heard this voice. It was the voice of Harold Kuntz. Now, you probably don't know who he is. Many of you will probably recognize that last name. Tim and Polly Ann Kuntz are our caretakers at the campground. And they're currently, they used to go to church here, and they're currently pastoring in Mendota. His father was one of our honorary board members. And so anytime we had camp meeting or anything, he was always on the campground. And he and his wife were heading into service as I was heading to get something done. And, and he kind of raised his voice and said, hey. And he stopped me in my tracks. And before I could respond or even you know, acknowledge that he had asked for my attention, he put a hand in my chest and he put a hand on my back. And he gave me a chiropractic, I'm probably, extra, I'm probably you know, exaggerating, but he gave me a chiropractic adjustment <laughs> and said, stand up straight or you're gonna be like that for the rest of your life. And then he went on with his wife into service and there I was. <laughs> Thinking to myself, I've never been manhandled by an 80 year old man, but today is the day. Stand up straight, you know, According to a study done by the American, and I asked Doc to keep me honest here, uh, according to a study done by the American Chiropractic Association, over 31 million Americans suffer from poor posture at any given time. And this is more devastating than you realize from the study at least. The average American adult spends more than three and a half hours looking down at their smartphones every day. Can you believe that? Three and a half hours, you're sitting here like this. The other day, I don't know, I was working or whatever, and I was trying to get some business done. I wasn't close to my computer, so I was trying to do it on my phone. And it took me a little while. And finally, when I got it done, I went to raise my head, and I felt it down in my ankles. And I thought, my Lord, I have hurt myself looking at my phone. Poor posture happens. Looking down or slouching for long periods of time can not only cause chronic pain in your back, neck, and knees, but it can lead to more serious health issues like circulation problems, heartburn, did y'all know that? Digestive issues, sitting and standing with proper alignment, I'm trying to do it right now, improves blood flow, they say. Helps keep your nerves and blood vessels healthy and supports your muscles and your ligaments and, and your tendons and improper posture, just to summarize all of that for all us lay folks, improper posture causes problems and even pain in other places. That's what they say. And so it is with our spiritual posture. Incorrect posture, incorrect attitude, incorrect perspective can put pressure in places in your life where God always intended for there to be peace. And if you took or are able to take the correct posture in certain areas, then there's good benefits that flow from that. I'm here today just for a little while to preach to you before you head into Thanksgiving this week and do my best to give you a spiritual adjustment, all of us, to be like the dear elder that took me by the by the chest and, and by the shoulders one day and just kind of give me a little adjustment and set me right and say, look, if you'll learn this now, it'll avoid problems later. So let me give you his advice in this context. If you learn how to be thankful now, it'll avoid pain later. If you learned how to truly be and live, as the writer said, in thanksgiving now, it can avoid problems and lack of peace later. Paul said this to the Thessalonians. He said, in everything, 
give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Such a powerful command and statement for God to look you and I eyeball to eyeball and say those three probing words in everything. That's tough for me. I don't know if it's tough for you, but it's tough for me to take those three words because I'm gonna be honest with you. Y'all are shaking your head like, amen, pastor, amen. But let me know, let me tell you about pastor. I, I find it hard to be thankful in some things. I, I find it difficult. I'm thankful for my car. I don't praise Jesus for the payment. I thank God today I'm going to walk home, or not walk home, I'm going to drive home in my car that I'm paying for. I'm going to go home, and it's going to be a warm house as long as nothing breaks between now and then. And I'm thankful for that, but I don't, I don't know anybody that when you get your, get your gas bill that you say, oh, thank the Lord. It went up again. Isn't the God good? I mean, it's went up like six times in the last six months, but I'm just here giving God praise because he's got... No, hey, none of us do that. We all shake our heads, and, and, and most of all of us, I will say, find it hard to be thankful in those moments. I'm thankful for progress. I look around here at our facilities, and I look at where our church is at, and I'm, I'm so thankful for where we're at. When you look backwards, it's easy to see how much has been done, but, but I struggle during the moments when progress is being built. When progress is being made, I struggle during those mind times of how much work it takes to get there. Do you know what I'm talking about? When, you know, I thank God for going forward, but the, the effort to go forward is, is harder to give God thanks for. I thank God for children when they're sweet. I thank God when grandkids come up and say, I love you, Papa. And you're my favorite. He says that to everybody, but I still love it when he says it to me. You're my favorite. I love that. I, it's harder to love them, close your ears, Andrea, when they're a little bit sassy. When you say, now come on, clean up your toys, and they look at you and say, no. I start twitching. Thankfulness doesn't come as easy in all places, but it is the character of good posture, good spiritual spirit and attitude. When you can in, listen to me, every moment give thanks. And here's what the scripture says, that God's will for you is to be able to look at everything, at every moment, at every season and say, Thank you, Lord, and find his goodness and his will and his mercy and his thankfulness and prosperity in everything that happens in our lives. I want to give us an adjustment today and change our posture about Thanksgiving. Change our posture that says, I got to go find the list of the good stuff. I got to find the list of the things, the positive things that have made me happy and have satisfied me. And I got to make sure that I tell God, thank you for those things. And you do. But I'm here to tell you, Thanksgiving is deeper than that. It's deeper than a list. It's deeper than a testimony service. Thanksgiving is so deep that even in the midst of heartache and trial and trouble, you can still look to heaven and say, God, whether I understand you or I don't, I give you thanks 
because I know that you are in the middle of everything that I'm walking through. I'm stealing a little bit of my thunder, but if you're walking with Jesus, it doesn't matter where you're walking. If you're walking with Jesus, you can be thankful for where you're walking because you are not alone. I don't walk by myself. I walk with him. This ain't in my notes. I feel like I'm going off key here. But David said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. Thou rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I just need to pause here for a minute and tell somebody. Go ahead. Put your list together of everything good God has done for you. But when you get done, put another list together of everything that you weren't sure about. Everything even that you might have hated and realize if God is in control, I can thank him for it all. Look at somebody right now and say, you need to thank him for all of it. All of it. Now, now, now go back because they were like, checked you a little bit. Look at him and say, all of it. Good Thanksgiving posture says, I know God can work in anything. Come on, adjust. I know, square your shoulders, get them back. I know God can work in anything. Truth is, the most intense moments of thanksgiving are not found in times of plenty as much as they are found when difficulties are abounding. When you look back, that's what you really thank God for. I mean, I thank him for all that good stuff. and that, you know, he's, he's blessed me. I'm going to get there in a minute. But when there, there, there's something that is powerful when you can look back and say, even in all things. Now, you think about the first Thanksgiving. We're taught even from kids of the pilgrims. Now let me tell you how great we get these pictures. They come home, and we've got the, 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 uh, the Native Americans, and we've got the pilgrims. We've got the hats, and we've got the feathers, and, and we've got this idea. They're all sitting together at this table, and everybody's happy. But let me tell you, reality says that half of the numbers of the pilgrims were dead. They had lost half of the people that had showed up on these shores. They were men without a country, but still there was thanksgiving to their God. Abraham Lincoln formally established the first Thanksgiving day in the middle of the Civil War, a time when the list of casualties seemed to have no end and our very nation was struggling for survival. How is that possible? Because their gratitude was not for something, but it was in something. If you're not careful, you'll be thankful for stuff, but you'll never do what Paul said and be thankful in God. It was in thanksgiving. It was a posture. It was an attitude of thanks instead of action or only a response to something that had happened. Ephesians 5 and 20 says, Give thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have to go very far through your Bible to find this on display for us. You, probably most of you, your mind already went to Job. Went to Job. He lost everything, right? Everything. Some of you have lost stuff this year. You didn't lose what Job lost. Some of you, have, you've, you've had a time of loss in your life, but you didn't lose what Job lost. Job lost his family. Job lost his wealth. He lost everything. He had nothing to speak of except him and his wife. And he would be, it would be in all of our hearts to look at Job and say, Job, go ahead. Complain. Get bitter. 
cry. I would too. I'd complain. I'd get upset. But instead, he said, naked came out of my mother's womb and naked shall return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. It doesn't matter. The good and the bad. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And the Bible is careful to tell us that in all these things, Job did not sin or charge God foolishly. The other I think about is Jonah. Jonah runs away from God. He runs away from God, but God gets a hold of him anyway. Where's Avery? Avery, he runs away from God, and God prepares something. The Old Testament calls it a fish. The New Testament says it's a whale. I don't care if it's a whale or a fish. God prepared it to get a hold of this preacher and change his perspective. Now, here's why Jonah is so interesting to me. He's in the belly of a whale. He literally states that he's in the depths of the earth, in the bottom of the ocean. He literally states he's got the seaweed wrapped around in his head. And the Bible makes this statement that Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of that fish's belly. And here's what he prayed. I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving in a fish's belly in the depths of the ocean. He said, here's what I can tell. I better get thankful for where I'm at, no matter where I'm at, because thanksgiving is not about my circumstances. It's about who I am thankful in. The key to living in thanksgiving instead of having thanksgiving is what Paul would outline for us in Romans 8 and 28, one of our favorite scriptures. And we know. Come on, say those three words. And we know. Say it again. And we know. Paul said this is a universal thing. This is a thing that everybody in the church ought to know. This is a thing everybody who believes ought to know. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. My question for this crowd today, you precious, beautiful people, is this. Do you know? Do you really know that all things work together for the good? When the pain comes, do you know? When the sickness won't go away, do you know? When the promotion gets passed to somebody else, do you know? When stuff breaks and it costs a lot to fix it, do you know? When others disappoint you, do you know? If your answer can't be yes to that, then here's what I'm going to tell you. You pray and you seek God and say, Lord, this posture's got to change. And if you will, God will promote you to a place where it doesn't take lollipops and sunshine to make you happy. You can walk through that valley with David and say, I don't care where I'm at. I'm with the Lord. Thy rod and thy, if I need comfort, I'll get it. If I need provision, I'll get it. If I need to be sustained, he'll sustain me. I know. Somebody say, I know. Look at your neighbor and say, I know. If my bank account is drained tomorrow, I know. If my kids got sickness in their body, I know. If my job walks away tomorrow, I know. If circumstances that I hate present themselves, I know, I know, I know, I know. Woo! I know that God's going to work it for our good. Now, if you can't do that, then you end up like the man who just lived on the lists of thanksgiving. This man hurt his feelings, his friend's feelings, dear friend of his. He hurt his feelings, said something, made a mess. His friend said to him, don't you remember who picked you up when you were in the gutter? 
Everybody else, they walked away, but I stayed there. Don't you remember? I, I'm the one that bailed you out of jail. I, I loaned you money when you needed it. You never paid it back, and I never even asked for it. Don't you remember? I gave you your first job. How can you say that? Man replied, yes, you did, but what have you done for me lately? It's supposed to be kind of a joke. If you're not careful, that could be your attitude. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I'm breathing. Yeah, yeah, I don't have a major catastrophe going on. Yeah, I live in the United States of America. I don't live in a third world country somewhere. And yeah, yeah, I've got food on my table and clothes on my back. And I've got some form of transportation. If I don't, I can get where I need to go. And I, 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 I've got all that. But God, what have you done for me lately? When that is your attitude, you don't live in Thanksgiving. You just look for lists of things to be thankful for. Come on, adjust your posture. It's deeper than that. You got to give thanks in everything. This is the will of God concerning you. Good Thanksgiving posture learns to love wherever it's living. It's crazy to complain about where God has you. Let me say that again. You're crazy. I'm crazy to complain about where God has positioned me. Well, I just don't know if I'm where God's positioned me. Then maybe you stepped wrong. Here's the, I mean, think about it. If we're supposed to be following Jesus, if we're supposed to be submitting ourselves to his will, following his instructions, having his word lighting our path, if that is all true, how in the world, if we're doing that right, can we ever complain about where that path takes us? Through whatever season it takes us through. Here's the truth. The truth is the seasons we really don't like are seasons where we've stepped off the path. We're really not following God. But listen, when we follow him, there is nothing to complain about. Listen, Paul understood he said, I've learned to be content wherever I am. He had a posture of thanksgiving that says, I don't own anything. He had a posture of thanksgiving that says, I'm not entitled to anything. He had a posture of thanksgiving that said, everything that I have comes from him. He would write to the Hebrews and say, let your behavior be without covetousness and be content with such things that you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Paul said, I don't care where you're at. I don't care what you have or what you don't have. If you're following him, you've got to God that said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. If he need it, he'll bring it. If you don't need it, he'll keep it away. Oh my, my, that just, that's good right there. That just came up. I didn't even get that in my notes. Did, let me say that again. If you need it, he'll bring it. And if you don't need it, he'll keep it away. So maybe if you're fussing about stuff that you can't get your hands on, maybe consider there's a reason why God won't let that walk into your life. There's a reason why God won't let that relationship happen. You ought to thank God in everything because you realize his hand is in everything. Come on, clap your hands. That's right. That's right. Practice, practice. Give me somebody that doesn't like their season. Give me somebody that's trying to grab on something that they can't get a hold of. And let me see them stand and clap their hands. I thank you in the good. I thank you in the bad. I thank you when I want it. And I thank you when I can't get it. I thank you because you're in control. I'm going to put my mind. I'm going to submit my life to you. Somebody say amen. 
Submitted to him means I have what he wants me to have. Contentment. So powerful. It's born out of God focus, not self-focus. Contentment means, it, it, they, they define it as a state of happiness and satisfaction. I heard one of my favorite quotes I heard one time. I, I'm going to preface this by saying I think this is funny. So you don't think that I'm trying to be serious or I'm this corny. Okay? I heard a quote one time said there's only two tents to live in. Discontent and content. Which tent are you going to live in? My jokes are failing today. <laughs> Everyone lives somewhere. I, 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 you, know, you, you can always slice and dice a crowd. I told you statistics. You can prove and say almost anything. I could put people in two groups today. Those that are living in the contentment of Christ and those that will never or can never figure out how to be happy with where God has them. This is important now because at some point, if you don't grasp onto this, you will. If you're going to keep good posture, you will have to become satisfied right where you are at, even if it's a spot that you'd rather not be in. Paul knew this. It wasn't just something he was preaching as an overarching commandment. Yeah, this is good stuff to do. Paul lived this. He lived through circumstances he'd rather not be in. He lived through circumstances of people undoing his ministry, coming behind him. He'd start a church and some knucklehead would come in behind him and teach false doctrine. He, he, he was, he was a, even, even attacked by his own countrymen, people he thought he could trust. He was beaten. He was shipwrecked. He was in the sea for three days. I mean, this guy went through all kinds of stuff where none of us would say, oh, take me there. Paul knew how to live in circumstances that God placed in him. He would speak in Philippians 4 and 11 and say, not that I speak in respect of one. He said, he makes this statement, for I have learned, this is a process, I have learned that in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. Paul makes this statement, look, I wanna, I wanna be like this. I wanna be able to say this. I know how to be abased. I know how to be crushed and be down. And I know how to bound. I know how to have everything. And I know how to have blessing. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. He said, the will of God has taken me through ups and through downs. And God has instructed me when I was down to trust him and instructed me when I was up to thank and trust him. He said, but whether I'm up or whether I'm down, I've learned to live in thanksgiving. I've learned to trust God no matter where I was. Paul understood the need to be satisfied where he lived because he also understood there was destruction that was sure to happen if he could not grasp this. He would instruct the, 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 the people in Corinth. He said, neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted. And they were destroyed of serpents, talking about the children of Israel. Way back in the Old Testament, he preached to them. He said, don't murmur, stop complaining. 
And some of them also complained or murmured, and they were destroyed of the destroyer. All these things happened to them. He said, we read these things in the Old Testament for our example, and they are written for our admonition, our instruction upon whom the ends of the world have come. Paul said there's a reason why we read those things back there. Benjamin Franklin said, a discontented man never finds an easy chair. Listen, discontentment, if you don't deal with it, it becomes a really nasty cuss word called bitterness. Did you hear what I said? Discontent, it starts as discontinued. I don't like this. I'm not happy about this. I'm not content with this. And if you don't deal with that and learn for God to give you thanksgiving in every circumstance around you, it breeds bitterness about where you are at. And Paul gave us instruction for that. He said, look diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, because a root of bitterness springing up can trouble you. And many, he said, have been defiled. Many have been destroyed. Many have given up. Many have gone out because they let discontentment breed bitterness. Listen to me. Change your posture. Just remember, if you follow Christ, it's going to be okay. If you'll keep your hand in his hand, I don't care what people do. I don't care what things happen. I don't care what circumstances present themselves. When you are in Christ, you're in a good space that's worthy. That's worthy to be thanked and praised for. Good Thanksgiving posture keeps people from affecting your Thanksgiving. Can anybody think right now of people that are going to affect your Thanksgiving? Don't say their names. <laughs> Solomon said this, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do to me. I will not let the principle of the psalmist here is I will not let people influence my contentment or my Thanksgiving. I will not have any fear concerning people. I will not have frustration concerning people. Oh, I just hit somebody on a nerve right there. Sorry about that. I will not have any failure. I will not get upset at the failure of others because I realize this. My attitude, my posture, and my thanksgiving toward God, listen to me, is between me and him. And the second I let somebody else in, Thanksgiving starts down the road of destruction. Listen, we all, and you've heard me preach this before, people are ignorant. We're all ignorant. You're ignorant. Everybody that's been ignorant at least once this week, raise your hand. Some of you are lying. We are human beings and we are imperfect. We make decisions that we wish we could get back. We say words, amen. Oh, I felt the witness in the spirit, right? We say words we wish we could get back. And if you're not careful, you can let this imperfect creation of humanity ruin a perfect creation of thanksgiving in your spirit. Don't let it happen. You got to realize I'm going to keep my things on the things of God. I'm not going to dwell on the things of this earth. I'm going to let my mind be conformed to the image of Christ. Don't you think he could have got upset? Come on, he went all the way to Calvary. They spit on him. They slapped him. But he said, Father, don't lay this to their charge. Don't lay it to their charge, Lord. Nevertheless, let thy will be done. I will not let people influence my contentment. The albatross is a majestic seabird. If you've ever been to the ocean, you've probably seen them. They're the longest wingspan of any bird. 
But here's the problem. They spend up to 18 months at sea, touching down only in water. This is majestic on the water. But in doing so, they lose their ability to make smooth earth landings. And so when they return to their nests, I'm just, look this stuff up. And they lay their eggs, not my words. They come in like drunken sailors. And tumbling and skidding and crashing, these regal birds have a nickname. Anybody know what their nickname is? Anybody heard? They call them Goonie Birds. Goonie Birds. And they're Goonie Birds because anytime they touch earth, they're unstable. If they're where they're supposed to be, they're soaring. But if they're, they come to earth where they're not used to living, they come into that nest, they're unstable. These powerful seabirds, they spread these enormous wings, sometimes reaching an 11-foot span. They glide over turbulent seas. They need storms to keep afloat. Have you ever met a goonie bird? Don't say any names. You ever met a goonie bird? They need a storm to stay afloat. They need a conflict. They need a strong wind in order to stay afloat and stay on top of everything. They get down on the earth where everybody else is. They're stumbling and they're bumbling. They're bumping into people. They're, they're, they're causing injury everywhere. All I'm trying to say is this. Why in the world would you let somebody like that impact the perfection of thanksgiving in your life. I'm not telling you, listen, if you show up on Thanksgiving and said, Pastor told me I just need to disregard you. If they call me, I'll say they were lying. I don't know what they were. They've got a spirit. We just need to pray for them. That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying when it comes to impact and influence, there are some people you just got to say, you're not coming in to where God lives inside of here. I I'll deal with you, but I'll deal with you in the grace and the mercy and the power of the Holy Ghost from the inside out. But you're not going to get into my spirit. You're not going to get into my attitude. God has been too good to me. My God, I've fought devils. I have dealt with circumstances. And I will not let a person... Goonie bird. I'll put them in timeout. Say, so you got to stay there because that's good Thanksgiving posture. Let me end today by saying good Thanksgiving posture includes remembering God's blessings. I'm going to talk about this a little bit more next week and I don't want to get too far into it. But you got to remember how good God has been. You think about, I was, I was thinking about the, the prodigal son. Jesus told the story of the prodigal son. Two sons, right? And we always say that first son that said, give me, Father, give me my inheritance. I don't like it here. I want to go make my own way. We put all the bad vibes on that guy and say, yeah, he went and he wasted his life on, on riotous living, women, all this stuff. He, he did all that stuff. And then he came back and we thank God for the grace. But is there anybody else that when you read that story is like, that guy was an idiot. Brother Bruce, come on, be honest. You know you do. Yeah. But then the, the older brother comes. Here's, there's a part. His father, the grace and mercy of the father says, put a ring on his finger, put shoes on his feet, get him a robe. Let's go slay the fatted cat. Let's have a party. Let's have a feast for my son, which was gone. He's now home. We're going to rejoice. And the older brother who stayed and was faithful, I like him better. He was faithful. 
he comes in and says, you know what, I got a problem with this. This guy has went, he's wasted our inheritance, he's wasted our money, he's, he has taken our family name through the mud, so to speak. I mean, look, look, and we're going to party because, what about me? I've been here the whole time. You never threw in. His father said, no, no, no. Here's the problem. You have lived in my blessing the whole time. Here's what I'll tell you. Both the sons forgot about the blessing of the father's house. Both of them forgot. The first one said, I don't like where I'm living. He was immature. He was, he was impulsive. And he said, I think there's something better on the other side. And he forgot the blessings of God and went seeking for something that was better. But we know the end of that story. It wasn't better. The father's house was better than anything that he was looking after. But then the other brother over here also forgot. He got so used to walking in blessing that at one, some point he couldn't even identify it anymore. He couldn't even realize that every day was a party for him. Every day was a rejoicing over him. I'm preaching to both brothers today. I'm telling you, if you've been looking on the other side of the fence, you need to remember that there is blessing in the Father's house. Woo! I'm here to preach to you and tell you all that stuff out there. You know, you know that grass isn't greener. It's all right here in the Father's house. There's safety in the Father's house. There's provision in the Father's house. There's blessing in the Father's house. And yes, there is contentment and happiness and satisfaction in the Father's house. Remain standing and everybody else join us. And to all you other brothers. Said I've been faithful. I ain't backslid. I stayed right here. I worked every day. Don't you let a spirit get a hold of you that says there's no party for me. The devil is a liar. Every day you walk in ministry, every day you walk in service and servanthood to Jesus. Every day that you walk in his grace and mercy, there's a party that goes on. There's a celebration. The Bible said, he said, I rejoice over you. Every day he rejoices over your faithfulness. He rejoices over your walk. He rejoices over your effort. Just seems like the Lord would have us To get a spirit of Harold Koontz. Sometimes my wife does it to me too. To grab us by the shoulders. And say, set up straight. You're, you're, you got your head down. Now, it's not a huge problem now, but if you learn to walk like that. You're going to cause pain in other places where never should have been pain because your posture was bad. Not only that, you're, you're going to miss everything that's going on around you. Not only that, you're going to put yourself in compromising situations where with your head down, you can't even see in front of you far enough to avoid obstacles that normally you could see. How about today? Before we head into the turkey and the stuffing, and the roles and the family and the games and the fellowship. How about we head to the altar and we say, Lord, I don't know exactly where I'm at. I may not even understand where that you are leading me. 
But here's what you can count on. I'm submitted to you. I'm submitted to you because I'm submitted to walking in your will and your favor and your spirit. I'm not going to be discontent with where you're leading me. I'm not going to be upset. I'm going to love where I'm living, no matter where I'm living. I'm going to come to you. I realize, Lord, I've got a list. I can bring you the list, Lord. That You and I both know the list of great things that you've done. But God, I'm even going to bring the list of the stuff I don't understand, the stuff I don't like, and the stuff I'd rather not be in. I'm going to bring the whole list to you today. And I'm going to learn today to be content in what's good and content in what's bad. I'm going to learn to give you thanks in everything. Come on, would you step out of your seat? Let's talk to the Lord today. Come on, bring your posture. Let God change it.